today we can continue the series on the last days and um, just to recap on what we taught in the previous teaching so that we can bring us up to speed we had a look at uh, Daniel's vision specifically Daniel and also the Apostle John as uh, the visions given to the Apostle John in the book of Revelation um, and in looking at Daniel's visions we saw that uh, the Lord had given to Daniel a, a number of visions pertaining to the end times and we are concentrating on the visions that the Lord gave to Daniel in chapter 7 and chapter 8 uh, in this particular uh, section of the teaching because those particular visions are very pertinent to the end times in that it does reveal to us the Antichrist um, and the kingdom from which the Antichrist arises in the earth in the last days. And so we saw in uh, the previous teaching, we saw that um, in Daniel chapter 7, that the Lord showed to Daniel that in the last days that there would be four major kingdoms on the earth that would be uh, residing on the earth when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth. And uh, of those four kingdoms, the fourth kingdom we identified was in fact the, the kingdom of the Antichrist. And his um, rule will emanate from that particular kingdom. But we did see that there were three other kingdoms that would be on the earth when our Lord returned to the earth. And we saw that of the four kingdoms, it is the fourth kingdom that our Lord will in fact destroy when he returns to the earth, because that is the kingdom of the Antichrist. And that um, their destruction will take place at the Battle of Armageddon. Um, but the other three kingdoms we saw, um, Scripture reveals to us that they will be allowed to continue for a, a period, for a, a season, the Scripture calls it, um, but their dominion will be taken away. And so all that that really means is that those are the kingdoms of the unbelievers that will be left on the earth when our Lord Jesus returns to the earth to reign with His church on the earth for the thousand year period, the millennial reign of the Lord. And so um, those three kingdoms will remain on the earth, but they just won't govern their own affairs any longer because now they will be ruled over by the Lord and by His saints during the thousand year reign of the Lord. Now it's also interesting in the description of those three kingdoms that uh, Daniel sees in his vision. For he describes the three kingdoms, he describes the, the one as being a, like a lion, the other one being like a bear, and the other one being like a leopard. Now when he describes the fourth kingdom, um, which is the kingdom of the Antichrist, he does not describe the look of that particular kingdom. He, he talks about it um, being, let's just have a look, he says being uh, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong, huge iron teeth. Uh, breaking in pieces, trampling the residue with its feet, different from all the beasts who were before it and had ten horns. But he doesn't describe it um, like he does the other three. In the, the other three, he describes the one as like a lion, and the other one like a bear, the other one like a leopard. Now, what is very interesting is that when um, the Apostle John is shown the beast of the Antichrist, and his kingdom in the last days, when he sees the, this, this particular beast, um, when it's revealed to him in, in the book of Revelation, that's in Re Revelation 13, 1-2, um, it reads, John says, Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, 
having seven heads and ten horns, and that, that is, and on his horns ten crowns. Now that is a picture of what Daniel saw, because Daniel also saw the seven horns, uh, the, sorry, the ten horns on that particular beast. And he, John goes on to say, and on his heads a blasphemous, blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard, his feet were like a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. And so there's that picture of the leopard, the bear, and the lion that Daniel saw when he saw three different kingdoms. And he saw the one kingdom like the lion, the other one like the bear, and the other one like the leopard. But when John the Apostle sees the, the beast of the Antichrist um, and the kingdom, basically, of the Antichrist, he pictures it, uh, he describes that particular beast as being like a leopard with the feet of a bear and a mouth of a lion. So it's all three of the other three beasts combined into this one. And what uh, we can pick up from that really is that the kingdom of the Antichrist, the fourth kingdom, will in fact um, permeate into the other three kingdoms. That is why this fourth kingdom that uh, uh, the Apostle John sees in the book of Revelation, which is the same uh, beast that the, uh, Dan the prophet Daniel saw in his uh, vision, um, it has similar characteristics to the other three kingdoms in that it has, it looks like the leopard, it has the feet of the bear and it has the mouth of the lion. Because as we will see when we go through this teaching, as we go into it in more detail, the, the kingdom of the Antichrist does permeate into um, these other three kingdoms as well. And we'll have a look at that as we get into it in more depth. Now, also, one of the things that I said earlier in the previous teaching is that Scripture is not very descriptive to us as to what these other three kingdoms are going to be like. Um, the kingdom of the lion, the bear, and the kingdom of the leopard. It gives us some description. It says that the lion uh, gets to stand up on two feet and his heart is exchanged, he's given the heart of a man. Um, the bear is raised up on one side, has three ribs in his mouth, and the leopard has uh, two wings on his back, or four wings on his back actually, and four heads. Um, and so that's kind of the description that's given to us. But other than that, we don't get very much detail, but we do know that at the end times that these three kingdoms will be very prominent in the earth and then also the fourth kingdom which will be the kingdom of the Antichrist. Now what is interesting is that currently in the earth today there are three super global powers and those three super global powers are the United States, Russia and China. Those three are the three uh, global powers that there is no uh, comparative to. There's no other nation that comes close in comparison to those particular uh, global powers. Now there's a conglomeration of other nations, uh, you could look at the European Union for argument's sake and say well isn't that strong enough? Could be maybe construed in that manner but no nation on their own stands up with that kind of authority and power in the earth today as those three particular nations that I've mentioned. The United States, uh, Russia and China and so it is very possible that we are in the age where these three kingdoms are in fact established in the earth. Because as we will go through the teaching today, we're wanting to have a look at the fourth kingdom because it is the fourth kingdom from which the Antichrist will arise. And so as a church, 
we're more interested in the fourth kingdom because um, that is pretty much our arch enemy coming out of that particular kingdom and we need to understand how it's made up. Um, but nevertheless, uh, we do see in the earth today, and it's not something that has really been material in the earth up until now, that there are, at, the, at this point in time, there are three super global powers that are predominant in the earth. I mean, you know, there's just no other nation that comes anywhere close to the authority and the power that these three nations uh, between them uh, display in the earth, which is the United States, Russia, and uh, China. Anyway, so let's get down to the fourth kingdom now. So today's uh, teaching is going to be pretty um, technical, I suppose, because we're going to be looking at um, his historical records. We have to look at the historical facts as they stand in the in, uh, normal timeline of mankind. And then we're also going to have to look at geographic locations because all of this comes out of Daniel's visions and they help us to understand more clearly what the, the kingdom of the Antichrist is all about and where this kingdom is based geographically and how this kingdom has come to be uh, historically through the earth. And so we're going to go through uh, certain passages of scripture. We're going to look at uh, Daniel's vision, the second vision he has. We're going to look at the explanation of the first vision that we dealt with in the previous teaching. And um, from there we'll have a look at um, exactly just where this particular fourth kingdom is from which the Antichrist will arise. And so the first scripture we want to look at today is in Daniel chapter 7, verse 15 to 26. Now, this particular passage of scripture is the angel um, explaining to Daniel the vision that he had seen. Um, and that's the vision we dealt with in the previous teaching, where these four beasts arise out of the earth. And so now the, the angel is giving Daniel understanding of that particular vision he has seen and Based on what the angel says to Daniel, it helps us to understand uh, the kingdom of the Antichrist. And so we pick it up at verse 15. Scripture says, I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit within my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near to one of those who stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of these things. Those great beasts, which are four, are four kings which arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Then I wish to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, with its teeth of iron and its nails of bronze, which devoured broken pieces and trampled the residue with its feet and the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn which came up before which three fell, namely that horn which had eyes and a mouth which spoke pompous words, whose appearance was greater than his fellows. I was watching, and the same horn was making war against the saints, and prevailing against them, until the Ancient of Days came, and a judgment was made in favor of the saints and of the Most High of the saints of the, of the Most High. And the time came for the saints to possess the kingdom. Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, 
which shall be different from all other kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, trample it and break it in pieces. The ten horns are ten kings who shall arise from this kingdom, and another shall arise after them. He shall be different from the first ones, and shall subdue three kings. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. But the court shall be seated, and they shall take away his dominion, to consume and destroy it forever. And this goes then to Revelation chapter 13, verse 4 to 7. This is now um, the Apostle John having a look at the same beast that the, Apostle, uh, that the prophet Daniel was looking at. Scripture says, So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And he was given authority to continue for forty-two months. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. And so here we have a very clear account of the Antichrist coming up uh, out of this fourth kingdom. But again, the, 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 the angel is very clear to us that these four beasts that Daniel sees in his vision, uh, which, which we dealt with in the previous teaching, are in fact four kingdoms that arise in the earth. And the fourth kingdom, is com he says, is completely different to all the other kingdoms that have come before it. He's, for he says in verse 23, thus he says, the fourth beast shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all other kingdoms. Now, he doesn't just say it's going to be different from those three kingdoms, but he said it'll be different from all other kingdoms. Now, the reason that this particular kingdom, this fourth kingdom, is completely different to all other kingdoms is because, as we will see it as we go through this series, this fourth kingdom is a religious kingdom. It is not a secular kingdom in nature. It has secular power and it will um, take on secular power, but it is primarily a, a kingdom of a, a religious nature firstly, and then secular power secondly. Now all other kingdoms that have ever existed in the earth have always been secular in nature in that there has been secular power on which those kingdoms have, have uh, formulated their power base, basically. And so going to the other three kingdoms, and we can take it basically to uh, pertain to the United States, Russia, and China, and those other three kingdoms are all secular in nature, and their power base is based on secular power in the earth today. But this fourth kingdom is completely different uh, to the other three and to every other kingdom that has ever existed. That's what the angel is telling us there. And so we see that on the fourth, from this fourth kingdom, ten horns or ten kings which shall arise from this kingdom. And so we're starting to see a bit of a timeline now because the, the scripture says that the, this fourth kingdom has to be in place first and then only once this fourth kingdom is in place 
Then in verse 24, the ten horns are ten kings who shall arise from this kingdom. So these ten kings, which pertain to ten kings that uh, will arise in the, the last days, and we'll get to have a look at them as well, um, they come out of this fourth kingdom. So in order for them to come out of the fourth kingdom, the fourth kingdom firstly has to be in place in the earth before they can arise from, the fourth, uh, from this fourth kingdom. And then the next sequence of events, So, because the, the angel is showing us a, a timeline. Yeah? He's saying this fourth kingdom comes into the earth. And he's saying from within this fourth kingdom, ten kings will arise. And then he goes on to say from within the ten kings, uh, another will arise. For well, he goes on to say in verse 24, and another shall arise after them. And he shall be different from the first ones and shall subdue three kings. And he shall speak pompous words against the Most High. Now that is describing the Antichrist. That's the Antichrist right there. Uh, the scripture says he shall persecute the saints of the Most High. So the timeline that we see in scripture here is that first the fourth kingdom has to be established in the earth. Secondly, within the fourth kingdom, there are ten kings that have to arise out of that kingdom. And if we go through it, we'll see that these ten kings are, have not yet arisen in the earth. Um, and they're still to come. After the ten kings in this fourth kingdom have arisen, it is only then that the Antichrist arises from within the fourth kingdom himself. So he comes after those ten kings. And the scripture says that he subdues three of those ten kings. And we'll, we'll understand it as we, when we look in that section of, of prophecy about these ten kings. Because they're very uh, important to the end time events as they will occur in the earth. And so we'll need to understand how they um, feature in God's timeline. But the timeline is very clear. Fourth kingdom first, ten kings rising out of the fourth kingdom after that. After that, the Antichrist arises and he subdues three of the ten kings. So those ten kings are present on the earth when the Antichrist arises because he subdues three of them and the other seven obviously uh, submit to him. But we'll have a look at that as we get into it. But also, the picture is, in verse 25, he shall speak, speaking of the Antichrist now. So this is the picture that Daniel is seeing of the Antichrist. He shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and law. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a times, times, and half a time. Now that times, time, and half a time is three and a half years. Uh, that's you know, one time and two times is three and then half a time and half a year. So that's three and a half years. So the Antichrist will reign on the earth for a period of three and a half years, according to Daniel's vision. And during his reign, the scripture is very plain, he, he'll persecute the saints of the Most High. And the saints will be given into his hand. And so in, the, in his domain of the fourth kingdom, any saints that are found in that kingdom during that three and a half year period, they will be persecuted. And um, a lot of them will be martyred under that particular, well, under the Antichrist, obviously, at that time. Because the scripture says, the saints shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and a half a time. Now, that ties in with what the Lord showed John the Apostle in his vision. Because when he sees the beast... Um, the scripture says uh, he was given authority to continue for 
42 months. That's three and a half years. So he's seen the same beast that uh, Daniel saw. And again, the, uh, the Apostle John says in verse 7, It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And so, very clearly, the Antichrist, when he arises in the earth, and he's only going to be ruling over his fourth kingdom, because go back to that, uh, the, the previous teaching, that we do have these four kingdoms in the earth. Um, and I'm pretty much sure that the, the four kingdoms are the United States of America, Russia and China, and then this fourth kingdom, which we are dealing with today. Um, those are the three power bases in the earth, basically. And <clears throat> the, the Antichrist will come out of the fourth the kingdom in the earth and he will reign only over the jurisdiction of the fourth kingdom now that fourth kingdom will as, as I said earlier permeate into the other three kingdoms and we'll have a look at how, how that's possible when we, we look at this fourth kingdom in a bit more detail but nevertheless in that fourth kingdom over which the Antichrist reigns supremely um, any saints of God who are in those nations that fall within the, the, the influence of that fourth kingdom, well they will be persecuted and they will and many of them will be martyred during that period of time of three and a half years that he reigns on the earth. And so that's the picture that we see thus far of Daniel's visions and the Antichrist as he uh, emerges in the earth, in, in that last part of, of of the, the age really because it's only three and a half years that he gets to reign on the earth and we'll understand it a bit more detail as we get into more depth so now we get to the second vision that is given to the uh, prophet Daniel um, and in, to, in the vision that the second vision that Daniel receives after the one that we've discussed now so we've discussed the first vision pretty much at length because we discussed the first part of that vision in the in the previous teaching and we discussed the second part of that vision now. We've just gone through it. Now we're looking at the next vision that is given to the prophet Daniel. And in this vision, what God is doing uh, and showing us, uh, obviously the church, we need to understand it. What he's showing the church is um, historically where this particular kingdom is coming from. Because God is very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He really wants to clarify to the saints just where the Antichrist will arise from um, and geographically where his kingdom will be located. It's very important for us to know these truths because it just helps us to very easily understand what's going on in the timeline of God. And so here we go. We're looking at Daniel chapter 8, uh, verse 1 to 26. We're going to read the whole passage. It is... Um, there's a lot of detail given to us in the passage, and so I'm going to read it, and then we're going to unpack it uh, after I've read through it. And so he says, In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared to me, to me, Daniel, after the one that appeared to me the first time. So he's linking this vision to the one that we've just discussed, because it's the one that he, we, is in chapter 7. He says, I saw in the vision, and so it happened while I was looking, that I was in Shushan, the citadel, which is in the province of Elam. And I saw in the vision that I was by the river Ulai. Okay, now let, let me just stop there, because uh, otherwise we, we kind of lose the, the point. 
Um, all the other visions that Daniel has, we don't get any geographic location as to where Daniel is when he has the visions. But for this particular vision, the Holy Spirit is very clear to us to show us exactly where Daniel is based geographically when he receives this vision. Now, Daniel actually wasn't there. The Holy Spirit took him there in the vision. And that's why Daniel describes where he was standing when he received this vision. So why is it important for us to understand exactly where Daniel was standing when he received the vision? Because as we go through the vision, we, we will see that it's from that geographic point that the Holy Spirit describes to us the kingdom of the Antichrist, where it will come from and the extent that it will reach into the earth. And so that's very, very important for us. So the Holy Spirit is very clear to us um, the geographic location of where Daniel is standing when he receives this vision. Then he goes on to say, Then I lifted my eyes and saw, and there, standing beside the river, was a ram which had two horns. And the two horns were high, but one was higher than the other. And the higher one came up last. I saw the ram pushing westward, northward, southward, and that no animal could withstand him. Nor was there any that could deliver from his hand, but he did according to his will and became great. And as I was considering, suddenly a male goat came from the west across this. And I'm going to cut back. Let's go back to verse um, 4 again. So he's, he's describing this ram. He sees this ram where he's standing. And this ram has these two horns. And the one horn is higher than the other one. And he says the last horn was higher than the other one. Now we'll get to it because the, the angel does explain this uh, vision to Daniel very clearly. But we're just, I'm just going to touch on it right now, and then we'll read into the explanation as the angel explains it. What Daniel is seeing is the kingdom of Babylon. Um, because when Daniel was taken into captivity, he was taken by Nebuchadnezzar into Babylon. And that was the kingdom that was predominant on the earth at that time. After the kingdom of Babylon, the kingdom of Media arose. Now, it rose within the kingdom of Babylon, but nevertheless, it was the next kingdom in the earth. After the kingdom of Media, the next kingdom in the earth was the Persian kingdom. And so, and the Persian kingdom was greater than the Median kingdom. And we're going to get, so as I said, there's a history lesson here today, and there's a geographic lesson, a ge ge geography lesson here, so that we can pick up what is actually transpiring in this vision. And it's, so in verse 5 he says, And as I was considering, suddenly a male goat came from the west across the surface of the whole earth without touching the ground. And the goat had a notable horn between his eyes. Then he came to the ram that had two horns, which I had seen standing beside the river, and ran at him with furious power. And I saw him confronting the ram, he was moved with rage against him, attacked the ram, and broke his two horns. There was no power in the ram to withstand him, but he cast him down to the ground and trampled him, and there was no one that could deliver the ram from his hand. Therefore, the male goat grew very great. But when he became strong, the large horn was broken, and in its place four notable horns Notable ones came up toward the four winds of heaven. And so here's the next um, episode in the saga. Daniel sees the ram. 
Now the ram is the, the Babylonian Empire. He sees the two hordes coming out of the ram. The one is uh, higher than the other. The last one that comes up is higher than the other. And those are the three kingdoms that I've just mentioned. The Babylonian Empire, the Median Empire, and then the Persian Empire. Now he sees a, a, a goat coming across uh, from the west and attacking the ram. Now the goat that he's seeing is in fact the Grecian Empire. Now all of this is historical for us. But when Daniel sees it, none of this has transpired. So when Daniel sees this vision, this is futuristic for him. Because he, you know, all of this transpires after the death of Daniel. Um, but <clears throat> we know in hindsight what in fact has transpired because we have this historical records. And so the Grecian Empire came against the Persian Empire and destroyed it. And he talks about, um, he talked about verse 8. Therefore the male goat grew very great. But when he became strong, the large horn was broken. And in its place, place of it, four notable ones came up toward the four winds of heaven. Now that large horn that he speaks about is the, the king of the Grecian Empire, which was Alexander the Great. And so Alexander the Great basically destroyed the Persian Empire. He invaded and he conquered uh, the Persian Empire. And his, uh, his empire then uh, became the largest in the earth at the time. And <clears throat> when Alexander the Great reached his peak, he died a very young man. And that's what the scripture says, the large horn was broken. And in place of it, four notable ones came up toward the four winds of heaven. And so if you know your historical records, what happened was when Alexander the Great died, his empire was then divided into four separate empires. Um, and the one that we're going to concentrate on is what was called the Seleucid Empire. Now that empire uh, centered around the geographic location of where Daniel was standing when he received his vision. Now all of these empires that we've discussed thus far, the Babylonian Empire, the Median Empire, the uh, Persian Empire, and now the Grecian Empire, all of them were centered on the city of Babylon. Um, even the Grecian Empire, uh, Alexander the Great made Babylon his capital city by and large, and he, he, his empire grew from that point. Not for long, because he, he died very young, as I say. But when he died, then his kingdom was then divided into four. And we're not going to really look at the other three, because we're more concerned about the fourth one that was raised up in that geographic location, also centered around the city of Babylon, and that was called the Seleucid Empire. So that's what the scripture says when, uh, the, in, the, in his vision, and in place of it, four notable ones came up toward the four winds of heaven. Now the scripture says, let's carry on with the vision, verse 9. And out of one of them, so now this is the four kingdoms, so we've got the Grecian Empire destroying the Persian Empire, Alexander the Great being the notable horn. He dies. When he dies, his kingdom is split into four. And now the scripture goes on to say in verse 9, out of one of them, so out of one of the four kingdoms, came the little horn, which grew exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. Now this little horn here that is um, shown to Daniel is in fact a picture of the Antichrist, his kingdom. So we now needing to, the Holy Spirit is now focusing us on the little horn. 
And so that's what the Holy Spirit is doing through this whole thing. He's showing us where the little horn is coming from. Because that's really what's pertinent to the church. We need to understand this little horn because as we will see, the little horn is in fact the Antichrist. And so that's how the Holy Spirit got us to this point. For he spoke about the Babylonian Empire, the Medium, the Persian Empire, Grecian Empire, split up into four. The fourth out of the one of the four, which we know historically is called the Seleucid Empire, there comes this one called the Little Horn, which in fact is the Antichrist. Now, again, look at what the Holy Spirit says to us in verse 9. Out of one of them <coughs> came the, a little horn, which grew exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. Now, again, going back to that geographic location that Daniel was standing at when the Holy Spirit gave him the vision. That is why the Holy Spirit wanted us to know where Daniel was standing, because now what the Holy Spirit is saying to us, from the point where Daniel is standing, because if you, you look at it on, on a, uh, a map today, the point that Daniel was standing at was in fact southern Iran. That's, it, that's the geographic location that Daniel stood at a couple of thousand years ago, more obviously, 3,000 years ago. Now today it's, it's modern-day Iran, but it's in the southwestern part of modern-day Iran. That's where Daniel was standing. And so what the Holy Spirit is saying to us is that the Antichrist's kingdom, from that geographic point, will grow exceedingly great toward the south from that point, toward the east of that point, and toward the glorious land. Now the glorious land in uh, scripture there is referring to the land of Israel. And so that's obviously toward the west. And so that's kind of giving us now a geographic location of where this kingdom is based from which the Antichrist will arise. And so it's very important for us to see that. Verse 10, scripture says, and it grew up to the host of heaven. Now this is describing this kingdom that is the little horn. And he cast down some of the host and some of the stars to the ground and trampled them. Now he changes it. He says he even exalted himself. And so now he changes it from the kingdom to the person. Well, the little horn is always the person, the person of the Antichrist. But he's coming out of this particular kingdom. Verse 11, he even exalted himself as high as the prince of the host. And by him the daily sacrifices were taken away. And the place of his sanctuary was cast down. <clears throat> because of transgression, an army was given over to the horn to oppose the daily sacrifices. And he cast truth down to the ground, and he did all this and prospered. Now, here is a picture of the Antichrist and putting in to the daily sacrifice. Now, we know, and we'll get to, there's a whole lot of scripture we're still going to go through this whole series. But one of the things that will still transpire is that the, the third temple the Jewish temple will, will be built once again. Um, we have description of the two temples, the temple that Solomon built, and we have description of the temple that um, the Jews built when they came back from captivity. And Herod obviously uh, refurbished that particular temple, and that was the temple that our Lord uh, ministered in when he was on the earth. That temple has been destroyed. So Solomon's temple was destroyed. That temple was destroyed as well in AD 70. However, in the book of Ezekiel, God gives to his prophet a very detailed description of another temple. 
And John the Apostle, also in the book of Revelation, you read it, uh, he gets to measure that other temple. And when John measures that temple, the, the temple that our Lord had ministered in had already been destroyed. We're going to get to that in more detail as we get to it. And so the third temple has to be built. When the third temple is built, uh, the Jews will once again reintroduce um, temple worship and the sacrificing of the, the daily sacrifice. Now, what happens is that the Antichrist will put a stop to that. And so this is describing that, that he will come and he will, by him, the daily sacrifices were taken away and the place of his sanctuary was cast out. Speaking about the sanctuary of the Lord. So that temple is... Um, it's still a temple of the Lord. Now, I know a lot of Christians get very confused about the issue. They say, but we're the temple of God. Yes, that's quite true. But the Jews are still under their covenant. Their covenant hasn't been done away with. As Jews come into the kingdom of God, so the, the first covenant is then annulled, and they become partakers of our covenant that we're under. But nevertheless, all the Jews who are unbelievers are still under their first covenant. That covenant hasn't been done away with. So, when their temple is built, that temple will still be dedicated to God. It'll still be His temple, um, because that covenant still stands. It hasn't been done away with. And so, what he, the Scripture says is that uh, this Antichrist, will, his sanctuary will, uh, the place of His sanctuary was cast down, talking about the temple. Then verse 13, the Scripture says, Then I heard a holy one speaking. And another holy one said to the certain one who was speaking. Obviously, two angels conversing with each other. And Daniel's listening to the conversation. And the one says, How long will the vision be concerning the daily sacrifices and the transgression of desolation, the giving of both the sanctuary and the host to be trampled underfoot? And he said to me, For 2,300 days, then the sanctuary shall be cleansed. So what happens here is that Daniel sees the Antichrist taking away the daily sacrifice and casting down the, the Lord's sanctuary, which is the temple. Um, and he, so the angel says, how long is it going to be from the time that these daily sacrifices are taken away? And, that, and he speaks about the transgression of desolation and the giving of both the sanctuary and the host to be trampled underfoot. And so... In the book of Revelation, the Bible talks about the fact that the, when John gets to measure the temple, the angel says to him, don't measure the outer court because it has been given to the Gentiles and they'll trample under it underfoot for 42 months, talking about the reign of the Antichrist. And so the one angel asks the other angel, from the time that the daily sacrifices are taken away until the sanctuary is cleansed, how long is that going to be? He asks, basically. The other angel answers him and he says, for 2,300 days, then the sanctuary shall be cleansed. So, what is going to happen? When the Antichrist comes on into Israel, um, he defiles the, the temple. And he takes away the daily sacrifice. Now, he gets to reign for three and a half years. We've seen that in both uh, um, Daniel's vision and we see that in John's vision. That he reigns for three and a half years. So, the one angel asks the other angel, how long is it going to be in verse 13? How long will the vision be concerning the daily sacrifices and the transgression of desolation, the giving of both the sanctuary and the host to be trampled underfoot? And he said to me, For 2,300 days, then the sanctuary shall be cleansed. So from the time that the Antichrist does away with the daily sacrifice and he defiles the temple, until such a time as the temple is cleansed once again, 
uh, a period of time that elapses of 2,300 days. And now that period is roughly is six, uh, just short of six and a half years. Now, three and a half years of that six and a half year period, we know the Antichrist reigns on the earth. What is left is roughly a sh just short of a three year period between the time that the end of the Antichrist's reign and the time that the temple is cleansed. So what transpires during that three-year period? Well, that is when the wrath of God will be poured out on the earth because it is, it's at the end of the reign of the Antichrist that the church is taken out of the earth. And from the end of his reign until the temple is cleansed, now when will the temple be cleansed again? It will be cleansed when our Lord Jesus returns to the earth and sets up his reign on the earth from the city of Jerusalem and from that temple. And so the, that temple will be cleansed by the Lord Jesus when he returns to the earth. And so the, in that, that 2,300 day period, uh, three and a half years is, fits into the Antichrist reign, and then the three years left over um, pertains to the period that the wrath of God will be poured out on the earth, and the church will be uh, with our Lord. We've dealt with it in previous uh, teachings. Um, we will be then entering into our judgment with the Lord and uh, we will receive our rewards and then we will return with Him to set up our reign on the earth for a thousand years. But it's during that three-year period that the wrath of God is poured out. And so that's what uh, the angel is telling us there in that passage of Scripture, that from the time that the Antichrist begins his reign uh, in the earth and from the temple of God and thus defiling the temple, uh, until such a time as the Lord returns to the earth, there we're looking at just short of six and a half years. So that, that, that the Lord has given us a very specific timeline there. Um, but that's just that side of it. We don't know when the Antichrist will be made manifest and all that kind of stuff. So we don't need to get into that in any kind of depth. Um, <clears throat> then he goes on in verse uh, 15. Then it happened that when I, Daniel, had seen the vision and was seeking the meaning, that suddenly there stood before me one having the appearance of a man. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of the Uli, who called and said, Gabriel, make this man understand the vision. So he came near where I stood, and when he came, I was afraid and fell on my face. But he said to me, Understand, son of man, that the vision refers to the time of the end. So this is a vision that Daniel's seen right up until the end time. He says, Now as he was speaking with me, I was in a deep sleep with my face in the ground. Daniel fainted, basically. But he touched me and stood me upright. And he said, Look, I am making known to you what shall happen in the latter time of indignation, for at the appointed time the end shall be. Now he goes on to explain the vision that Daniel's seen, and we've kind of looked at it, but now we can see the, the angel's explanation tying in with what we discussed. And he says, Verse 20, the ram which you saw having two horns, they are the kings of Media and kings of Persia. Remember we said that the Babylonian Empire, then came the Median Empire, then came the Persian Empire. And the male goat is the kingdom of Greece. So we said it was the Grecian Empire. The large horn that is between its eyes is the first king. And we said Alexander the Great was the first king of the Grecian Empire. Verse 22, as for the broken horn and the four that stood up in its place, for kingdom shall arise out of that nation, but not with its power. And we said that. We said that when the, uh, Daniel, Daniel, when Alexander the Great died, his kingdom was split into four. And then we were going to then focus on the Seleucid Empire, which is one of those four. Verse 23, he says, this is the angel still speaking. 
and in the latter time of their kingdom. So now he, because he is in the, in the vision, um, the Holy Spirit identified the fourth kingdom. He said, the little horn shall arise from the fourth. One of the four, one of the four, okay? And we've said that one of the four being the Seleucid Empire. And so he now he's saying, in verse 23, in the latter part of their kingdom, that's that Seleucid kingdom now, uh, when the transgressors have reached their fullness, a king shall arise, having fierce features. Now the angel goes on to start describing to us the Antichrist, um, who understands sinister schemes. His power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. Why is that? Because we saw in the book of Revelation that the, uh, the dragon gives the beast his power. So dragon being Satan, he gives the Antichrist his power. And that's why he says, but not by his own power. He shall destroy fearfully and shall prosper and thrive. He shall destroy the mighty and also the holy people. And we've already seen that established very clearly that when the Antichrist reigns for that three and a half year period, he will war against the saints and overcome them. Um, a lot of Christians get upset about that. That's why they want to have the rapture before the Antichrist materializes and they try and say, well, that's the Jews. They are, they're going to go through that, not the church. No, no, there's only one church. Um, Jews and Gentiles alike, we're one body of Christ, and so no. Um, if the saints are there, the saints are there, that's the church. That's as simple as that. Um, <clears throat> verse 25. Through his cunning he shall cause deceit uh, to prosper under his rule. He shall exalt himself in his heart. He shall destroy many in their prosperity. He shall even rise against the prince of princes, but he shall be broken without human means. Why is that? Because our Lord Jesus will destroy himself when he returns. And that's why he will be broken without human means. Verse 26. And the vision of the evenings and the mornings which was told is true. Therefore seal up the vision, for it refers to many days in the future. So he just re-emphasizes the vision of the morning and the evening. Uh, did I get the wording right? And the vision of the evenings and the morning which was told is true. That's that 2,300 days. And so he's just telling us once again that 2,300 day period is legit. It will take place. From the time the Antichrist begins and he defiles the temple, takes away the daily sacrifice, until that temple is cleansed once again, 2,300 days will expire. In that 2,300 days, we've got three and a half years of the reign of the Antichrist. Then the church is taken out. There's that three-year period left, and that's when the wrath of God is poured out. At the end of that period, the church with our Lord Jesus returns to the earth, and that temple is then cleansed, and our Lord will set up his reign on the earth, from that temple. And so, <coughs> if you were to look at a geographic map, everything is centered around, centered around Babylon um, in the visions of Daniel, because that's what God is wanting us to focus on. And so, Daniel's vision, um, he's in the kingdom of Babylon at that time, the capital being this, the city of Babylon. Then comes the medium empire, then comes the Persian empire, then comes the Grecian empire. All four of those empires, geographically speaking, were covering the same geographic location, roughly from Egypt through to India, uh, reaching up into Greece. That's pretty much their geographic location, centered on the city of Babylon, because all of them really had Babylon as their capital, kind of. Um, then, when, um, what's his name? Alexander the Great dies, and the Grecian Empire split into four. The the empire that the the one of the four that emerges out of that empire is called the Seleucid Empire. Now the reason that we're interested in the Seleucid Empire is because that empire is 
were based geographically in the same location. And it also had its center around the city of Babylon. And so that is why we're interested in that particular empire um, in this uh, passage that we're dealing with. Because it's from that empire, the scripture says, that then the little horn will arise. The little horn being the Antichrist. And so, again, getting back to where Daniel was standing when he saw the vision, because we said, the scripture said to us that his kingdom will grow great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land from that geographic location. And I said that if you look at that geographic location of where Daniel was standing, he was standing in southwestern Iran. Now, if you look toward the south of southwestern Iran on a modern-day map, you will look at the Arabian Peninsula. It goes straight down into the Arabian Peninsula, which includes Saudi Arabia and all of those uh, nations down there. If you look to the east of that geographic location, you've got Iran, you've got Afghanistan, and you've got Pakistan. If you look to the west of uh, Daniel's location, towards the glorious land, there you have Iraq, you have Jordan, you have Syria, you have um, Lebanon. All of those countries, um, Turkey is included in there, Egypt included in there as well. And when you go look at a map today, all of those countries today are 100% Muslim nations. That's where the Muslim faith is dominant. In Iran, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Syria, uh, Jordan, Lebanon. That's where the, the Muslim faith is dominant. There's a 100% Muslim nation. There's, there's minuscule amount of Christians in some of those nations, but very few. Uh, Lebanon, that's probably having about the, the biggest um, uh, percentage mark of that. And so it's very clear from what the Holy Spirit has shown us in scripture is that the fourth kingdom that he's referring to is in fact a Muslim faith the, the faith of Islam because and we'll go through it because you'll see how it ties in when we look at the the seven um, horns as well uh, but we're not going to touch on that today um, but it's definitely it's the Muslim faith that is the fourth kingdom that is what the Holy Spirit is trying to focus us on at that point. Now, we can only see it now that it's the Muslim faith. Daniel couldn't see it. The Muslim faith hadn't existed. The Muslim faith came about from 600 AD, um, and that's it spread since then. But that's where the geographic location is, or where Daniel stood when he received his vision. That's the geographic location from which the Antichrist kingdom will arise and grow in influence. And as I say, if you go from that point, you go south, you go east, and you go west, that's it. You've got all of those uh, nations that I mentioned, they're all 100% Muslim. And so, very clearly for us, the fourth kingdom is in the earth today. It's already there. And that kingdom is the kingdom of the Muslim faith, which is why I said that the, the fourth kingdom is different from all other kingdoms. Well, the scripture said that, and I've just emphasized it. It's because the fourth kingdom is, in fact, religious in nature. It's not secular in nature. It is first, first a kingdom of faith. And it's the, the, the Islamic faith that is this fourth kingdom. And so the ten kings will come out of the Islamic faith. The Antichrist will arise out of the Islamic faith. And so <clears throat> it is that fourth kingdom that will be um, 
destroyed by the Lord when he returns to the earth because it's that kingdom that will in fact um, be called by the Antichrist together to fight with the Lord at the Battle of Armageddon. That's exactly what will transpire. And we're going to have a look at it because we'll see even in the Muslim faith they talk about it. That's their, that's their belief. That's their eschatology. They honestly believe that their um, God, their, their Savior will battle against uh, God's uh, enemy at the end of the day. And anyway, we're going to get into that in more depth. Um, but <clears throat> the Muslim faith, it, it's estimated that by the year 2030, it will be roughly a quarter of the population of the earth. It will make up a quarter of the population of the earth. Now, that's not long away, far away from now. It's just over 10 years that uh, that will transpire. And so, as I mentioned right at the outset, um, in, when the Apostle John sees the beast, he sees it as a leopard with a bear's uh, feet of a bear and the mouth of a lion. And so that particular Muslim faith will permeate into all of the other kingdoms as well. And think about it. I mean, you've got Muslims in the United States of America, you've got Muslims in Russia, and you've got Muslims even in China. There's, there's a huge population of Muslims in China. And so, definitely, that, that kingdom permeates into all the other kingdoms as well. And so that's why it, it, it takes on the nature of the other kingdoms at the same time. But nevertheless, that fourth kingdom is geographically going to be based in that geographic area. It's already there. Um, the Muslim faith is there, very predominant there. And is growing in the earth. And as I said, by it's estimated that by the year 2030, uh, the world's population one quarter of them will be Muslim. And so this particular kingdom is growing in the earth today. Now, when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to the earth, it's that kingdom that will be destroyed. And it's the reason that that kingdom will be destroyed is because it is that kingdom that takes upon them the mark of the beast. Now, why do they do that? They do that willingly because what we call the beast, they call their savior. And we're going to have a look at the, the Muslim eschatology comparative to the Christian eschatology, and you can see that the two are just complete opposites of each other. What we classify as the Antichrist and the Beast, they classify as their Savior. What we classify as our Savior, they classify as the devil, kind of. But we'll have a look at it in more, de in, in more depth. And so in Revelation 14, 9 to 11, the scripture says, Then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, if anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also <coughs> drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation, and shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, who worship the beast and his image, whoever receives the mark of his name." Now, the fourth kingdom will gladly receive the mark of the beast because as far as they're concerned, that is their savior. When the Antichrist to us, the Antichrist to them, their savior rises up, their redeemer has arrived. And so all Muslims will gladly receive his mark and gladly bow down to him and, and welcome him as their redeemer and their, their savior. And so they're the ones, the scripture is very plain, because they've received the mark of his name and worshipped the beast, um, they're the ones that God will destroy when he comes back to the earth. Now, the other three kingdoms, and I'm talking about the, the three super global powers now, the United States, China, and Russia. 
they will not have received the mark of the beast and they will not have bowed down and started worshiping the beast. Now they'll acknowledge that this person has a tremendous amount of power and they won't challenge that power, not during the three and a half year reign that he, he has, because there's going to be some very powerful things taking place in the earth. But nevertheless, those nations and also the rest of the world will not receive the mark of the beast. It is all those who are of the Muslim faith, they will gladly receive the mark of the beast. Not because they are uh, wanting to worship Satan or anything like that, but because they will be completely uh, accepting of this person as being their redeemer. Because don't forget, we see him as the Antichrist, they will see him as their saviour. And so it's a difference that we, uh, the two kingdoms are looking at it differently. And so that's why they will gladly receive the mark of the beast. And because they have, they are the ones who will be destroyed by our Lord Jesus when he does return to the earth. And so the fourth kingdom is on the earth. It's been there for a while already. Um, the other three kingdoms pretty much are out there as well. Um, and so we're looking at the, the, the timeline of God and it's pretty much uh, getting on down to the point where our Lord is going to be coming back to the earth uh, quite soon. But there's a lot still that has to happen. But that's the groundwork of where we are in God's timeline. So we've had a look at the fact that there are these four kingdoms when our Lord does return to the earth. And we've had a look at what that fourth kingdom is. And the fourth kingdom is in fact the Muslim faith. It's, in, it's alive and well and it's there waiting for the ten kings to be revealed. After the ten kings are revealed, then and only then will the Antichrist be revealed out of that. So that has obviously not yet transpired. But the fourth kingdom is in the earth today. And uh, in the next series, we want to look at next teaching, we want to look at the seven kings that are revealed to us in the book of Revelation and how those seven kings also tie up very uh, clearly in Scripture with this whole... Um, thread that we've seen uh, right from Babylon all the way through to the end times. It's, it's very enlightening, it's very clear to us in scripture and so you know the, the church doesn't get to see it in any way. But we are in the teaching